The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Well, well, well. Well, after a few weeks off with the holiday of Thanksgiving and then yours truly falling ill with strep throat, finishing out this head cold that I have, and having the with all that having no energy to continue to do the podcast until this time, we are officially back on the air. All Andy Elford is back on the air tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, and we have seen it all, ladies and gentlemen. Ohio State falls to Michigan. Michigan wins the Big Ten title, is headed to the college football playoff, but Ohio State still survives. As USC falls to Utah, and Ohio State slips in as the number four seed to battle the Georgia Bulldogs. While the University of Toledo wins the Mid-American Conference Championship game. Didn't win the overall regular season championship. Ohio won the regular season championship. But Toledo winning the MAC Championship gets to go to Florida for the Boca Raton Bowl, but... For the first time since 2015, our Bowling Green State University Falcons are headed to a bowl game. Yes, I said that right. BG headed to a bowl game, and it's the only bowl game happening the day after Christmas. So the spotlight will be on Bowling Green. The Lions are on a roll. I have to eat crow of say that they finally are starting to figure out while Cleveland is falling apart quicker than the Walmart sweater that's in the dryer right now. The jackets are embarrassing. The walleye are embarrassing. Golf is into the swing of things this week. And we're back to close out the end of the year for the next three weeks. Right here. On All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span. I'm going to shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go home. Jeff. Way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo. It's time for All Andy Alfred. And with that, I say I love you guys and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me and that is with the Anchor Network and you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, however you're listening to our show tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show to hear what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at 
all Andy Alfred. It is at all Andy Alfred, as well as Facebook.com slash all Andy Alfred. And welcome to the show tonight on this, the 15th day of December, 2022, 10 days till Christmas. Hope you're getting your shopping done. I've just started my shopping today. As we have a lot to get into the program tonight, we're going to preview the big matchup in the PGA for the the you know the 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 championship with John Daly's son, Tiger Woods' son, Nelly Corner's dad. We're going to preview that. It's one of the big golf events happening this weekend. Also, we'll take a look at the latest jackets report as well as the walleye roundup. Also, we will dive into we'll dive into the NFL. And talk about the woes that are the Cleveland Browns as well as the highs that are the Detroit Lions. Also, we'll dive into some college basketball as well and so much more. And I, I want to welcome you into this edition of All Andy Alford tonight I hear on the Anchor Network. <coughs> Excuse me. As, as you were hearing, I'm coming off of an illness. I was diagnosed with strep throat the week of Thanksgiving. And it was it was absolutely terrible. We're going to get into some housekeeping to start the show. It was absolutely terrible. I had no voice. I was coughing and hacking up phlegm. I was absolutely miserable. Was not COVID. Thank goodness it was not COVID. I did not test po- I did not test positive for COVID. I took two COVID tests. Did not test positive for COVID. Was given antibiotics, which got me through the antibiotics and the, and the steroid, which got me through all the way till the following week, which is the first week of December. Uh, still was not feeling up to it. I was still feeling ill. And then this past week, on Friday night, I started to feel like I was it was coming back again. But this time, I did not have a scratchy throat. I have uh, uh, phlegm, uh, my sinuses were pressured. It was absolutely tremendously terrible. Uh, had a sinus infection, uh, usually common medicine taken over the counter. That's what they were recommending for me. So, and, and in that time I had no drive and no energy because my, my body was just so weak during that time. And for me, that really like set me back a couple weeks, and that's what set us back here on the show. I know we didn't cover the MAC championship. I did go to the MAC championship game. Uh, the end of the season, the championship Saturday, we didn't cover that. We didn't cover the ending of Bowling Green's regular season, and I do apologize for that as well. But it was just... I was so emotionally not. I was so physically drained, and I was also so emotionally drained because of all the medicine and the illness. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm still getting over it. Thank God I'm on the back nine, probably the last two holes of this cold that I'm having. Um, I I, I got to give credit to my wife. Uh, she has stuck by me through the whole thing. She's, God willing, she's not going to get sick from this. Um, knock it on the wood here. It, 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 
I've noticed in the last couple weeks, you know, the last couple months, that ever since I got the COVID shot, the backup COVID booster, I become more and more accessible to sickness. I don't know if it's just my immune system, but I've now increased more of my vitamins. I've increased my zinc. I've increased my with my vitamins. I've increased more of my vitamin C, and vitamin D, and more and taking more of an anti, uh, 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 taking more of a multivitamin. Uh, I'm trying to when I go out to sporting events. I'm still wearing a. Ma- I'm going back to wearing mask. Uh, I'm trying to stay far away from people as I can. The only time I take my mask off when I'm at a sporting event is if I'm eating or drinking something, and then I put my mask back on, because you know COVID's still with us, folks. And with how hospitalizations have been going, it's not looking good for the holidays. After the holidays. You have three big cases that are happening right now. You have the flu. We have a big flu epidemic right now. You have RSV, which is hitting hard for a lot of people. And you have COVID. All three things are shutting down hospitals because, you know, people are getting sick. People are really getting sick over this. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a scary time in this world. We have to keep praying that, you know, it'll all balance itself out and it'll all work. And... In this season of hope and the season of joy, I just hope to God that you know we we get over this. We we all get over these illnesses, and I get over this. And um, yeah, I mean it's the thing. Uh, the holidays for me were great. Uh, Thanksgiving was fantastic. Uh, after I was diagnosed with that, I you know I took two. I spent a couple days uh, Wednesday and into half the Thursday just the ho- of the holiday Thanksgiving, just being secluded by myself. And then when I was not infectious anymore, I got the chance to go and have dinner with my in-laws, have dinner with my parents, and, you know, enjoyed somewhat of the holiday, you know. And then I, of course, you know, been busy ever since, and now Christmas is upon us, and I'm back to being sick again. And I'm hoping that, you know, since now it's it's happening now, I can get over this cold really quickly so I can enjoy next week, which is Christmas week for a lot of people. And a lot of people will be off next week. Uh, we won't be off. We will be off now until the end of the year because uh, we're going to be doing shows each week this week this year, the rest of the year, uh, each Thursday on the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th. We'll have a special show on the 27th. Uh, excuse me, on the 26th for Bowling Green's Bowl Game. Yes, I said that right. Bowling Green's Bowl Game as well. So there's that. Uh, and also, in regarding to the show in the future, we are going to continue doing this show after the college football season is done. Uh, we'll continue to do one-week shows. Uh, it will be taped on Thursday. It will be re- re- it will be edited, and then it will be sent out Thursday night. So you guys can have the opportunity to get ready for the weekend as well. Also, as of January 1st, Ohio will be doing sports gambling. Now, the question was asked by a few listeners to the podcast of whether or not we're going to be covering sports lines and sports betting for the podcast, for, for games that I'm talking about. In regards to that, it's just... We can't give you a full gauge of what the the line is going to be and what the parlays are going to be as well as what the what the over-unders are going to be when it comes to that. So we will talk sports gambling. And the show will not be sponsored. 
by sports gambling. Everybody's at, everybody's jumping on a on a bandwagon. You're a FanDuel guy. You're a DraftKings guy. Are you a uh, MGM guy? If I was anything, I'd be a barstool barstool sportsbook guy. And that's being truthfully honest with you. I've always liked barstool. I en- I enjoy watch watching and reading barstool. I enjoy doing g- gambling when I'm in Michigan with the barstool sportsbook. With it coming to Ohio, and it happened to be owned by Penn Gaming who owns Hollywood Casinos in Toledo as well as in Columbus. It's a it's a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. You know? And we're all we're all sitting around thinking to ourselves because it was me and a, my buddy Danny we were thinking around talking about maybe doing January 1st doing a a, a live show a live show from the man cave. And doing sports betting throughout the day, because it's a Sunday, it's the first Sunday with sports betting, it's the NFL Sunday, it's the second to last regular season weekend, the Lions are playing the Bears, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the plan's going to be for that, but I do know the, I do know this, the show will still continue on, we will incorporate some of the gambling aspects to that because of the new law, the new sports gambling coming to Ohio, and you know we shall see. You know, and it's going to be cool to be able to go to establishments like a Frickers or a Jed's or your your local bar that does Keno. We'll be able to do sports booking as well, and we talked about this many times here on this podcast about it. So there's that for you. So there's some housekeeping for you guys as you're listening to all ADL for tonight right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's dive into some sports and let's talk a little college football. Let's talk about where Bowling Green's going for their bowl game, where Toledo's going for their bowl game, as well as what my feelings are on the college football playoff. So let's dive into some college football. Of course, uh, championship week happened a couple weeks ago. The big one, of course, is that Utah beat USC 47-24. Not just beat them, but just annihilated them in the Pac-12 championship. And you wanted USC to lose if you're an Ohio State fan because there would be the easy way to get in. Not just that, but it just helped out tremendously that TCU fell to Kansas State in overtime, 31-28. to But TCU still stays in the position that they are in for the college football playoff. Now, of course, the week before on Thanksgiving week, of course, the big one, of course, that Ohio State fell to Michigan by the score of 45-23, to not only just getting beat, but absolutely destroyed by the Wolverines. And now the Wolverines having a 2-0 lead so far, this century against the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're 2-0 and against the Buckeyes in the 2020s. Now, the question is, could Ohio State get into the college football playoff rankings? Because of them, because of USC falling and being absolutely demolished by Utah, USC gets knocked out of the college football playoff. And that set up that Ohio State takes the number four seed 
but their one loss coming to Michigan this past year. So, the college football playoff looks like this. You have Georgia at one, Michigan at two, TCU stays at the three position, only because they lost that game to Kansas State in overtime. If they not, if they would have been blown out of the water, I think, in my opinion, Ohio State would be a three seed and TCU would be a four seed. But I don't think the committee wants Michigan and Ohio State to play against each other in the semifinals. They look at this as they want to play, have them possibly playing against each other for a national championship. And I think that is a tremendously great idea. Even though the national championship this year is in California, out at SoFi Stadium where the Rams and Chargers play at, you wouldn't say to Buckeye Nation and to Michigan and the Wolverine fans out there that they would travel out to out to SoFi, out to in- Irving, Cal- out to Inglewood, California, to see their team possibly win the national championship. You wouldn't stop them. You wouldn't stop them. So it's it's up to uh, it's up to both teams. As Georgia will play Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. That will be on New Year's Day, the New Year's Eve. And then the Fiesta Bowl will be Michigan playing against TCU on New Year's Eve as well. So there's your two college football playoff bowls. Um, Of course, we had the Army-Navy game this past weekend. And it was a doozy of a game. Goes into overtime in the Army. Beats the Navy 20-17. to Both teams do not win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy as it was the Air Force that won the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, both beating Army and Navy in their games against each other this past season. So the Air Force claims the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. There's that for you. So that now leads us into the bowl game season. And bowl season starts tomorrow, folks. It's my favorite time of season. It's Capital One Bowl Mania, my friends, as we have bowl games every day starting on the 16th, excluding on Sundays, because NFL takes over on Sundays, but the NFL will mix in the games on Saturday this year as this half of the season. So bear with us. We'll get into the NFL slate in here in just a second. But here is the bowl schedule. So, and you'll hear my predictions as well, too, for the bowl slate as well. So I'm, I'm going to go over the bowl games for you guys. I'm actually writing them down as we do them. So the first bowl game will be tomorrow morning at 11.30, as it will be the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl from the Bahamas, as it is Miami of Ohio, who is 6-6, six and six, taking on UAB, who is 6-6. Six and 11.30 six, kickoff for the bowl game. For the Bahamas Bowl, I'm going to UAB a 10.5 point favorite. I'm going to take UAB in the bowl game. And then at 11.30 a.m. at 3 o'clock, it will be the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl taking place in Orlando, Florida as 25th ranked University of Texas at San Antonio, 11-2 overall, takes on Troy, who is 11-2 as well. UTSA a one-point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take UTSA in that bowl game tomorrow on the 16th. Then Saturday is the Wasabi Fenway Park Bowl 
taking place in Boston, Massachusetts, as Cincinnati, who is now without Luke Fickle, who Luke Fickle now is the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. And Louisville's former coach is now the Cincinnati's coach, Cincinnati Bearcats coach now. Cincinnati 7-5, the Bearcats 9-3, Louisville a two-point favorite in this game. Actually going to take Cincinnati to beat Louisville in that game. In the Wasabi Fenway Park Bowl. And the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, 2-30 kickoff for that one. As it will be the Florida Gators, who are 6-6 overall, taking on the 14th-ranked Oregon State Beavers, who are 9-3 overall. Oregon State, a 10-point favorite of the game, 2-30 kick on ESPN. I am taking the Beavers of Oregon State in that game. Then you have the Jimmy Kimmel Live LA Bowl presented by Straffle, 3-30 kick on ABC. It will be the Cougars of Washington State, 7-5 overall, taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs, who are 9-4. Excuse me. Fresno, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Bulldogs of Fresno State in this game. Then the Lending Tree Bowl, 545 kick on ESPN as Rice takes on Southern Mississippi. Uh, Southern Mississippi, a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I am taking Southern Mississippi in this game for on Saturday. And then at 7.30 on ABC, it's the New Mexico Bowl as SMU 7-5 takes on BYU, who is 7-5. SMU a four-point favorite in this game. I'm taking SMU in that game. The nightcap will be the Fresno Bowl, excuse me, the Frisco Bowl as North Texas 7-6 takes on the Boise State Broncos, who are 9-4. Boise State a 10.5-point favorite. I'm taking Boise State in that game. December 19th will be the Myrtle Beach Bowl as Marshall takes on UConn. Marshall, a 10-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take Marshall in that one. Tuesday, the 20th of December, it will be the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. At 3.30 kick on ESPN is Eastern Michigan as from the Mid-American Conference, who's 8-4, takes on San Jose State, who's 7-4. As San Jose State, a 3.5-point favorite. In this game, I'm actually going to take the Eastern Michigan Eagles in the bowl game. And then this sets up this big game Tuesday, the 20th, in Boca Raton, Florida. It is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, as it is Liberty, 8-4 overall. Takes on the University of Toledo, who is 8-5, the winners of the Mid-American Conference Championship game. Toledo a five-point favorite in this one. Unfortunately, I'm going to take Toledo in this game. I, uh, you know what? I'm going to take Liberty. If you've looked at Liberty this season like I have since, you know, I've been sick, you know, Barrett is a great quarterback. He's 131 for 224 for 1,534 yards this year. 12 TDs, 9, touch, nine interceptions. If you look at it, Liberty only allows 24 points a game. Toledo allows 25 points a game. So there's your 25. Liberty usually scores 28 points per game. The Rockets, 32. So you give the edge a little bit to the Rockets in the situation. But I think Liberty's up for this game. 
I think they win. I take Liberty over the University of Toledo on the 20th of December in the Boca Raton Bowl in Boca Raton, Florida. Wednesday, the 21st, it'll be the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Western Kentucky takes on Southern Alabama. South Alabama, four and a half point favorite. I will take South Alabama in that one. And then you have the Armed Forces Bowl as 9-3 Air Force takes on the Baylor Bears, who are 6-6. Six six. Baylor, five and a half point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take the Air Force in this game. <coughs> what sets up then? Christmas Eve Eve as is the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl Friday the 23rd of December as Louisiana, the Raging Cajun, takes on Houston, who is 7-5. Houston, the 7-point favorite. I'm just going to take Houston in that game. Wake Forest, 7-5 overall, will take on Missouri in the Union Home Mortgage Gaspara Bowl. Wake a 1-point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take Missouri in this game. What then sets up the Hawaii Bowl game on Christmas Eve, 8 o'clock kick on ESPN from beautiful Maui as Middle Tennessee State University, 7-5 overall, takes on San Diego State, who's 7-5 overall in the Easy Post Hawaiian Bowl. San Diego State is the favorite in this game. I'm going to take San Diego State as they're a 7-point favorite. And then on December 26th, the day after Christmas, on Boxing Day, my friends, it will be a battle in the Motor City as the 6-6 six six New Mexico State Lobos will take on our Bowling Green State University Falcons, who are 6-6 six six overall in the Quick Lane Bowl. Yes, we are bowling in Detroit uh, the day after Christmas. Get your tickets for this one. Support Bowling Green's athletic football team. Support them. This is a big one. Our first bowl game since 2015, ladies and gentlemen. Bowling Green is a three and a half point favorite in this one. I'm taking our Falcons. And you'll hear from Coach Leffler here in just a second. From his presser from the 5th of December for the start of the bowl preview week. So there's that for you. We'll talk about You'll hear from him in just a second. On the 27th, Georgia Southern will take on Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl, which is a Tuesday noon kick. Georgia Southern, a three-and-a-half point favorite. I'm actually going to take Buffalo in that game. We all know how good Buffalo is this season. Survey Pro First Responders Bowl has been Memphis, 6-6, six and six, taking on Utah State, who is 6-6. Six and six. Memphis, a seven-point favorite. I'm taking the Memphis Tigers in that one. Coastal Carolina, 9-3 overall, taking on East Carolina in the ticker, Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. East Carolina is the 8-point favorite. I'm going to actually take Coastal. Taking Coastal. That one. And then that sets up the Guarantee Rate Bowl. 10-15 kickoff for that one. That game being played in... Chase Field in Arizona as the Wisconsin Badgers, 6-6 six and six overall, will take on <coughs> Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State Oklahoma State Cowboys. 
Wisconsin, a three-point favorite. I'm going to give it to Wisconsin. Give it to Wisconsin on that one. Then the 28th of December is UCF. We'll take on Duke in the Military Bowl, presented by Patreon. 2 o'clock kickoff on Wednesday, the 28th of December. US, UCF 9-4, Duke 8-4. Duke a three-point favorite. I'm going to actually take UCF in the game. UCF is good. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl will feature the Kansas Jayhawks 6-6, six six, taking on Arkansas, who is 6-6. Six six. Arkansas a three-point favorite in this game. I am taking Arkansas in this one. Which then sets up the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, one of my favorite bowl games of the season. Beyond Fox, 8 o'clock kick as the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are 9-4 overall, the runner-up in the ACC Championship game. They'll take on the 15th-ranked Oregon Ducks, who are 9-3 overall. Oregon, a 14-point favorite. I'm taking the Oregon Ducks. Pretty simple on that one. And then the Tax Act Texas Bowl will feature the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who are 7-5. We'll take on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, who is 8-4 overall. Ole Miss, a 3.5-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Even though I feel Texas Tech could win that bowl game, I think that will be really interesting. I think it's going to be good. Then that sets up the Bad Boys Mower Pinstripe Bowl on Thursday, the 29th of December, as Syracuse, led by Dino Babers, and the Orange Crush takes on Row the Boat himself, P.J. Fleck, and the Minnesota Golden Golfers. Minnesota 7.5-point favorite. I'm going to take Minnesota in that one. That game played at Yankee Stadium. That'll be fun. The Cheez-It Bowl. 5.30 kickoff on ESPN. It will feature the Oklahoma Sooners, who are 6-6 six six overall, taking on the 13th-ranked Florida State Seminoles. Florida State, 7.5-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Florida State Seminoles in that one. That sets up the Valero Alamo Bowl. Washington, 10-2 overall, the 12th-ranked team in the country, taking on 20th-ranked Texas, who is 8-4 overall. Texas four and a half point favorite of that one. I'm actually going to take Texas in that game, but that being almost a home game for them. Friday, December 30th, looks like this. The Duke Mayo Bowl as Maryland takes on 23rd ranked NC State. Noon kick on ESPN. Maryland a one and a half point favorite. I'm actually going to take NC State in that game. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, two o'clock kickoff. On CBS, it will feature the Pitt Panthers, who are 8-4 overall, taking on the 18th-ranked UCLA Bruins. UCLA six-point favorites in this game. I am taking UCLA in that game. <coughs> DTR is going to be really, very good in that game. This is one of my favorites. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I think this is probably going to be the game to watch besides the college football playoff games. And one other bowl game, which I'll get to here in just a second. It will be the 21st-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are 8-4 overall, battling the 19th-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks. Notre Dame a two-point favorite in this game. I am taking Notre Dame in this game as well. I think uh, Freeman gets his first bowl win. My favorite, one of my favorite bowl games, and this will actually happen this year, 
as the Ohio Bobcats, who are 9-4 overall, will travel out to Arizona to battle Wyoming in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. 4.30 kickoff for that game. That game exclusively on the Barstool Sports app. The line right now is even for both teams. I'm going to take the Bobcats of Ohio in that game. And then you have the Capital One Orange Bowl will feature the 6th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, who are 10-2 overall, taking on the 7th-ranked Clemson Tigers at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Clemson 6.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking Clemson in that game because no Devin Hooker. He's out with a torn ACL. He is done for the season. That means Tennessee is done for the season. Plain and simple. We get now to New Year's Eve. And we'll start off, first and foremost, with the All-State Sugar Bowl. As fifth-ranked Alabama, the Crimson Tide, 10-2 overall, will take on the ninth-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. Alabama, a three-point favorite of the game. Alabama, 10-2. Kansas State, 10-3. I am taking Bama. Roll Tide. It's almost like a home game for them as it played in the Dome in New Orleans. The Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl will take place in Tennessee as the Iowa Hawkeyes, 7-5 overall, take on the Kentucky Wildcats. New kick on ABC on New Year's Eve. Iowa, 2.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking Iowa that game, which now sets up the two college football playoff games, which will take place on New Year's Eve. 4 o'clock kick will start it all off. As third-ranked TCU, 12-1 overall, takes on the second-ranked Michigan Wolverines, who are 13-0 overall. Michigan, a 7.5-point favorite in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. I am taking Michigan. I think Michigan's a lot better. Which then sets up the other college football playoff game, as it will be four... 11-1, Ohio State, taking on the number one team in the college football playoff. And the number one team overall this full season, the Georgia Bulldogs, who are six and a half point favorites against Ohio State. And I think Georgia will beat Ohio State, unfortunately, this year. <coughs> Sense and Bennett is just absolutely lights out. He was great in the SEC championship game. What else is there for to say? I'm taking Georgia to beat Ohio State in that game. There will be no games on New Year's Day with the NFL taking place on New Year's Day. So all the bowl games for New Year's Day will then move to January 2nd, which is the Monday afterwards, which will be the Reliant Quest Bowl, which will be the 22nd-ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs. Now, have to make mention of this right off the bat. We are sending our condolences to head co- to the head coach of Mich- Mississippi State, now the former coach, as Mike Leach passed away from health con- uh, health con- his health condition after having a massive heart attack last Saturday. Uh, he was a great leader on the football field and a great engineer of football itself. Uh, the man himself was was a character. He was one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Uh, he said what was on his mind. He absolutely believed every, and you believed every word of it. 
So our thoughts and players are with the Leach family. They will play the bowl game against Illinois, who is a two-point favorite, but I think Mississippi State will get the win in honor of Mike Leach in that game. And they are still playing that bowl game, which is surprising to me. I figured that they would cancel that bowl game because of what was happening, but they will play it. 16th-ranked Tulane will battle 10th-ranked USC in the Cotton Bowl. Both teams 11-2 overall. USC 10th-ranked in the college football playoff. Tulane 16th-ranked in the college football playoff. USC 2.5-point favorite. 1 o'clock kick on ESPN. I'm going to take Tulane. In the game. Tulane. But sets up the Cheese It Citrus Bowl as 17th ranked LSU led by Brian Kelly, 9 4 overall, will take on the Purdue Boilermakers, who are 8 5, uh, not even ranked. 1 o'clock kick on ABC, LSU a 14 point, 14 and a half point favorite. I'm taking LSU in that game. But sets up the granddaddy of them all, which is the final bowl game of the season before we get to the college football playoff championship game. The 11th ranked Penn State. Nittany Lions will travel out to Pasadena to take on the 8th-ranked U- Utah Upers. I think Utah a 2.5-point favorite. Utah 10-3. Penn State 10-2. I'm taking Penn State. What sets up the college football playoff game, which will be on January 9th, as it will be, Mich- for me, it's Michigan versus Georgia. Your college football champion for 2020, the 2022 season. Will be the Michigan Wolverines. I think it's going to be close. If I have to give a score, I will have to say I'll say Michigan 35. Georgia, 32. So there's your college football playoff prediction, uh, playoff prediction, as well as all the bowl games. You can go back and gamble assortedly as of January 2nd for the four bowl games and uh, gamble accordingly, gamble safely right here on Only Indio for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now let's dive in to the National Football League. Just talk about the excitement for these programs and to get back to a spot where you're talking about just going to a bowl again. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a long road and it's uh, it's been a process and it's fascinating to me when I took this job and Dave Clawson gave me the formula and what it would look like and you know, year one, said we were not going to be very good. Year two, you're going to be worse. Year three, you're going to win some games that you're not supposed to and lose some that you absolutely should win. And it says year four, you're going to be really competitive. And uh, we were. Uh, we're inconsistent still. Um, and that's why, you know, it wasn't an eight-win season. But uh, to, to have the uh, guys that have been through this program for the last four years and have them have the opportunity to go play in a bowl game, is really, really neat. I'm super excited for the Walt Hares, the uh, Carl Brooks of the world, 
that uh, spent uh, a lot of time with a lot of uh, negative. We didn't have a lot of success, and now uh, it's really exciting to have them have the opportunity to go play in the postseason. Um, how important are the practices that you're going to get out? Is that, is that maybe even more important than like the game? It really is, in my opinion. Uh, the game's important. You want to go get your seventh win, and you want to move the needle of your program, but uh, you know, I've uh, not known what to do with myself, to be quite honest with you, in the month of December over these last three years. And uh, you're able to uh, practice your young kids. You're uh, able to take the next step as, uh, in terms of elite habits on a daily basis. So the practices are important. I think we've got a good plan. Uh, this weekend will be what we call bonus practices. It will be BG versus BG, very similar to what a spring would look like. And uh, uh, the following week we'll have a game week here, a game week in, uh, in Detroit. Go uh, find a way to get our seventh win. How do you balance getting some of those young guys reps during all these practices, but also still focusing on, yeah, there is a game to go play? How do you balance that? Yeah, and uh, normally, you know, everyone in the country does it this way. Normally, those beginning practices are, are focused primarily around the younger players. The older players will obviously get some reps to stay in football shape. But uh, the closer we get to the game, the more you start narrowing in and on. Um, trying to find a way to win the game with the players that are going to play in the game. The balance of all the different components, the exams, the holidays, and just the timing of this game, how do you go about that? Oh, it's great in terms of uh, they're in finals this week, which is outstanding. So um, they're going to lift and run uh, this week. That's it. Concentrate on school. And then uh, this weekend, just like I said, we'll have uh, some bonus practices, and then we'll really start game week. Uh, in Bowling Green next week, next Wednesday. When it comes to the destination of this bowl, you know, just a quick trip up I-75, what does that do for you? I absolutely love it. And uh, had the opportunity to be in this game, I think it's 16. I think uh, Boston College, my first year at Boston College, we played Maryland, beat Maryland. And uh, this is a really good bowl game. Uh, they your first class. They, they've the things they do with the families and the uh, the players, I think, is outstanding. And I think it's in our footprint. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to play in Detroit. That's in our backyard. It's an area that we recruit heavily. And uh, to, for, for the, to have four days of press, five days of press in your footprint, uh, I think it's really cool. Just kind of going off that point about being in that you're planning a recruiting area, how does that kind of bring some more attention uh, to the program. Yeah, and that's why I'm ecstatic about it. You know, you're able to, you know, people that not, not necessarily know the ins and outs about our program, they're going to be able to uh, see our kids, how they act for four days, five days, and then obviously uh, being able to play in Fort Field is pretty, pretty neat. And uh, hopefully it's, a, uh, it's a, uh, a destination that we can get back to besides a bowl game. Bowl games are notorious as well, coach. Some key players sometimes not being there to play. The Carl Brooks, for example, you going to be full strength, coach? Carl's playing. Uh, he said, uh, he said, I've uh, waited too long to have this opportunity. And I think, you know, with all the insurance and everything that people have these days, I think playing in a bowl game needs to happen. Um, I just do. It's probably old school beliefs, but. Uh, Jake Long, who was the first pick in the NFL draft, he played in the bowl game. So, um, 
Carl's play, yes. How about a message to the fans? Tickets go on sale here in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I would love for as many Bowling Green people to come up. And we haven't had a winning season here since 15. And this is a way for us to move the needle, be, have, be a seven-win team, and uh, hopefully springboard that into uh, to, uh, the 2023 season. How do you address some of the inconsistency of this team this year? I mean, you want the best product, obviously, to be on the field here for Christmas. Yes, uh, the inconsistencies, um, you know, we, we were six and six because of what we did January through August. And uh, at times it was awesome, championship ways. I mean, exactly the way it's supposed to look. And then the next day, it's not. And, uh, you know, to be a champion and to, to play in the MAC championship game, it is 365 days a year of doing things the right way. And uh, that's hard to do. I mean, that's why there's only a few teams in the country that are that are uh, playing in championship games. And uh, we need. We, I, I'm so proud of our kids. We moved the needle so much between January and August, but it's still not good enough. We got to move that needle that we can be an eight-win, nine-win team and play in the MAC championship game. You talked about a four-year building process, Coach Cross, and I you know, advise you about that. What you're describing, yet right there, are year five. Part of the process. Year five, he said you should have a really good team. And uh, if we can keep all these guys together, this free agency market, I've never seen anything more wild in football. I don't think it's good at all for football whatsoever. I understand the premise behind it, but I'm hoping to goodness. I just don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know if uh, some of the stuff that's going on with the NIL is sustainable. Um, I think they got to figure out how to let the transfer portal work in a much more efficient manner. And I think they got to figure out how this NIL thing is really going to work too. So it's the wild, wild west right now. I have two questions uh, on that. Uh, when you, when you look at the portal as a, I mean, you obviously have to, because of the way it is, you have to be active or you'll fall behind. How do you approach today starting in the portal and watching all that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a philosophical question that we've been um, talking about for a long time. Like, we could have did um, my third year what we did last year, where we would go heavy down the portal, you know, half high school, half uh, portal kids. And uh, we felt, and we knew that we would take a beating over it in terms of we were going to only win three or four games. But for the longevity of the program, having still local kids in our program, I think uh, right now what we're trying to do is stay in our footprint with the high school kids as much as we possibly can. But just like you said, you have to be in this market right now. And um, so how we're approaching it is if we have an absolute need at a position, i.e. we need quarterbacks, um, we're going to be heavy in the portal. If there's a any question whatsoever uh, that uh, we think that we're, uh, suffice at that position, we're going to take a high school kid and develop them. So I think your roster management is constantly, uh, you're looking at to see what your true needs are, immediate needs, and then what, how do you build this thing still with high school kids? And then you said you didn't think all of this was sustainable. Why, why do you think it's not sustainable? How do you, how do you fix it? You know what? I, I wish I had the, the answer to that. Um, I just know that the high school kids are, losing a ton of opportunities and uh, you know I would love to see and I've mentioned this before 
almost like uh, a total uh, reconstruction of of what your January through August looks like. I would love for the recruiting uh, season to stay the same for uh, the high school kids. And I, I know it's not possible, but I would love for, okay, from February to um, um, June, it's the free, free agent market. So, so you can stay in and just recruit high school kids and not have spring football, have mini camps and all that other stuff. And then once soon as we hit June, have true OTAs with your entire team. Um, so really two different signing times, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the NFL model. You know, you got your high school kids here, you get your free agents here in the draft and go play, uh, get to the summertime and have OTAs. It's, it'd be interesting. But, uh, if I had these, all these things are way above my pay grade. I mean, complete, I'm, I'm an overpaid gym teacher. You're like, come on now. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and then the last thing I would ask you about is having these guys spend Christmas in Detroit, what kind of things will you do to make sure that they still get to enjoy Christmas and things like that? Yeah, we've, uh, um, I've been a spoiled brat in this business, uh, in terms of, uh, I, I think this is my 23rd or 24th bowl game. I've, been to a lot of them and it always used to be in the old school ones you fly out on Christmas Day you go play in the Rose Bowl you go at have not but uh, you know being at so many different places uh, and having to be in a hotel over Christmas uh, I think we have a great plan to have a great meal with as a team bring Santa Claus in, get all the guys gifts get the kids gifts and try to make it as uh, close to Christmas as we possibly can so you just heard Scott Leffler in his presser right before we started talking about the National Football League right here on All ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And let's dive into the National Football League. A lot to get into, of course. Since we last spoke, the Lions are 5-1. and one. When I last spoke to you guys, of course, they were coming off of the big win against the Giants, beating them up 31-18 to the week before. On Thanksgiving, of course, they lose in a heartbreaker by a field goal to the Bills, 28-25. But then in Week 13, I felt like they really turned on the Jets Beating up on the Jaguars, forty to fourteen, putting a shellacking on Trevor Lawrence, and then you get to last week with the Vikings. Now, a lot of us, including yours truly, have this game circled as a loss. But just how much this team has, you know, bounced back and have just turned the sled around and turned around to the positive. You know, a lot of us, including yours truly. Felt like, you know, Dan Campbell wasn't the right man for this job. And, you know, but the players have finally bought into it. And now I'm starting to buy into it a little bit. Now, I hope to God that, you know, we get into this week's big game. And we'll get to the preview here in just a second. But for me, it's just, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team shakes out. As they went and played Minnesota this past week, and they beat the Vikings, 
And a lot of us, including yours truly, was just shocked. Was shocked. Of the fact that they were a two-point favorite against Minnesota, who was 10-2 overall going into the game. The Lions were 5-7 and seven going into the game. And I'm thinking to myself, why are the Lions a two-point favorite in this game? They kind of proved me right. Minnesota was lackluster most of this game. It was all Detroit. They scored in every period of this game. They were up 14-7 to at halftime. Jamison Williams is just turning on his he's turning on at the right time. And Jared Goff is becoming the elite quarterback that we thought he was going to be. And I'm just ecstatic. I'm absolutely ecstatic to see this. Does this turn into us possibly making a playoff? We're still in the playoff picture. We'll get to that here in just a second, too. Which is absolutely surprising. And I will say it again. You heard it in the NFL preview show at the beginning of the season. I still think this team can pull off 10 wins. They've got four games left to play. Three of which are against teams that... Two, two, uh, two teams... Three teams that are under 500. Three of the four final teams are under 500. Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. I mean, that's surprising with Green Bay. And they're playing the Jets this weekend. But anything's possible. Anything's possible with Detroit. But Goff, in this game, stellar performance. 27 for 39 for 330 yards, 3 TDs, no interceptions, QBR a 70.5. CJ Moore, 1 carry, 42 yards. DeAndre Swift, 6 carries for 21 yards. Jamal Williams, 16 carries for 37 yards. Ahmad Rod St. Brown, 6 catches, 61 yards. Josh Reynolds, 5 catches, 51 yards, 1 TD. Williams had 1 catch for 41 yards, 1 TD. DJ Clark, 6 catches, 94 yards, 1 TD. The Lions, honestly, I'm just absolutely shocked. <coughs> I mean, what is there to say? The Lions are, are a lot better. And now, does this turn into the Lions possibly making a playoff bid? I don't know. They're going to need a lot of help. A lot of help in front of them. Can they do it? Sure they can do it. Will they do it? I don't know. That's the million-dollar question. So the Lions are trending in the right direction. We get to the Browns, who we thought were trending in the right direction, are not. <coughs> They're like me. <coughs> Excuse me. Choking. Choking their way out of a playoff spot, out of the division, and giving Joe Burrow his first win against the Browns in his career. Remember, Kevin Stefanski was 5-0 against the Bengals going into this past Sunday's game. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals are proving, yet again, why they're an elite team in the AFC. Why they should be considered to be an elite team in the AFC with the Kansas Cities, with the Buffaloes, 
with the Chargers. With the Miamis. All of those groupies. Now Miami, because of what happened on Sunday night, we'll get into that. But Joe Burrow is is firing on all cylinders. And what do you expect, Browns fans? What do you expect? I told you, I told you guys this, that I, I, I told Logan this on the show. I don't think Deshaun Watson is the next savior. He's proving it yet again. He was 26 for 42 for 276 yards. He had one TD and one interception. His QBR was at 60.1. You have great running backs. Why would you then take Brissett and run the ball on a wildcat? You have Kareem Hunt and Nick that's showing that coaching is a failure on the banks of Lake Erie. Because <coughs> Chubb had 14 carries for 34 yards. Kareem Hunt, four carries, six yards. He wants out of Cleveland. I think the Browns should give him that. Peoples Jones, eight catches for 114 yards. David Njoku, seven catches, 59 yards, one TD. I mean, that was the only TV. And here's a mind-boggling stat. Before that touchdown. <coughs> Before that touchdown. Deshaun Watson had over five quarters without an offensive touchdown. As a Cleveland Brown player. That is unacceptable. Especially for the amount of money. That you are going to be paid for next season. To have. You perform like that. Is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. The Browns with the loss are now 5-8. and eight. Bengals 9-4. Bengals get their first win against Cleveland in over two seasons. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And with that all in mind, let's recap Week 14 and preview Week 15 in the National Football League. Now it's time to recap Week 14 in the National Football League right here on All Andy Alford tonight right here as we're going to recap the scores and recap the games for you right here from week 14 in the National Football League. <clears throat> I will start first and foremost with Thursday Night Football as Baker Mayfield, the new quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams with Matthew Stafford injured, led the Rams on a 98-yard touchdown drive at the end of the game to propel his Rams to a 17-16 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Mayfield in the game on Thursday night. Stellar performance. <coughs> As he was 22 of 35 for 230 yards, one TD, his QBR 59.4. As Cam Akers with 12 carries for 42 yards, one TD. For Derek Carr, he was 11 for 20 for 137 yards. He threw two interceptions in the game, his QBR rating 
a 38.9. The Rams now get their fourth win of the season with a 4-9 record. The Raiders are now 5-8. We get, get to Sunday night slate. The Sunday slate looks like this, as it was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills hosting the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Or as a lot of people say, J-E-T-S, sucks, sucks, sucks. With Josh Allen and the Bills getting a huge win in Orchard Park by a score of 20-12 to 12 in the game. As it was Allen, 16-27 for 147 yards, 1 TD, QBR rating of a 50 51.0. Mike White, 27 for 44 for 268 total yards. No TDs, no interceptions. QBR rating of a 56.2. The Bills with the win now go to 10-3. and three. The Jets are now 7-6. and six And are fighting, still fighting, to hold on to the playoff spot. Then we head down to Jerry World to Dallas as the Cowboys took on the Houston Texans. And the Cowboys needed a late drive to win the game to avoid the major upset in the game. <coughs> As it was Dak Prescott leading his leading his team. As David Mills had the game won, they go for it on fourth down, cannot convert, and a 97-yard drive for Dak Prescott leads... Leads the Cowboys to a 27-23 win on Sunday. Dallas with a win now goes to 10-3. Houston with the loss now goes to 11-1-11-1-11-1 overall in the game. They then head down to Tennessee for the upset of the day as Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans are in trouble and headed down the toilet as Trevor Lawrence threw for three touchdowns and end the skid <coughs> of losing in Tennessee. And with a big 36-22 win over the Titans as Trevor Lawrence in his day with Jacksonville 30 for 42 for 368 yards, three TDs. His QBR rating was an 82.1. For the Titans, it was... Ryan Tannehill, who was 25 for 38 for 254 yards, two TDs, one interception. His QBR rating was a 19.8. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The Titans are starting to fall apart, and it's, it's kind of scary. And then we head up to the Meadowlands, where the G-Men took on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles coming off of a huge win, blowing out the Green Bay Packers. The Eagles, a huge win, clinched themselves a playoff spot with a big 48-22 win over the New York football Giants. As Jalen Hurts in the game, stellar performance, 21 for 31 for 217 yards, two TDs, no interception, his QBR rating at 85.4. For the Giants, it was, it was Daniel Jones, who was 18 for 27 for 169 yards, one TD, no interceptions, his QBR rating was a 78 Point two. The Giants are now seven, six, and one. They're one die <coughs> to the Washington Commanders, who were on the bye this past week. The Ravens and the Steelers battling out in the Steel City and Lamar, without Lamar Jackson, as without Lamar, 
The Ravens played sloppy, but it was J.K. Dobbins stepping up to the plate for the Ravens. He had 15 carries for 120 yards with one TD in mind, and that was enough as the Ravens beat the Steelers 16-14 to as Mitchell Trubisky, 22 for 30 for 276 yards, one TD, three interceptions in the game. Unacceptable. Very, very unacceptable as Najee Harris had 12 carries for 33 yards in the game. We then head to the 4 o'clock state, and it was all Kansas City as they took the long lead but then let the Broncos come back into it. As it was, at one point, the Bronco, the Chiefs up 27 to nothing halfway through the second quarter before Denver started to make the comeback. But in the fourth, third quarter, Juju Smith-Schuster's pass from Patrick Mahomes connects and a 34-28 win was in favor of the Chiefs in the game at mile high. How about Brock Purdy? Mr. Irrelevant starting for can for the San Francisco 49ers beats Tom Brady in his debut as Brock Purdy with his parents in the crowd. Stellar performance. 16 for 21 for 185 yards, two TDs, QBR rating of a 92.8 as he beats Tom Brady by the score of 35 to 7. At Levi's Stadium. The Panthers get a huge win in Seattle with a big 30-24 win over Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And then we get the Sunday night football. As it was the Chargers led by Justin Herbert taking on Tua Televailoa <coughs> and the Miami Dolphins. And Herbert comes ahead of Tua. With a big 23-17 win on Sunday night football. As Herbert in the game, excuse me, for Tua, he was 10 for 28 for 145 yards, one TD, no interceptions. For Herbert, he was 39 for 51, 367 yards, one TD, no interceptions, QBR rating a 67.5. We get to Monday night's game, of course, and that was the Patriots led by Bill Belichick. And Mac Jones and the New England Patriots headed out to the desert to take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And Kyler Murray falls on a blatant in and a blatant fall that was non a non football play. He falls down, breaks his ankle. He's done for the season. Who comes in as the backup? <coughs> well, that, my friends, is Colt McCoy. The former Browns quarterback comes in to the play, leads his team, but it was all Patriots in the game with Joaquin McKillen getting the big touchdown, fumble return for the touchdown, sealing it for the Patriots by a score of 27-13 on Monday Night Football. And that is Week 14 in the National Football League. It's time to look ahead at Week 15 in the National Football League. We start tonight with Thursday Night Football as the San Francisco 49ers travel up to the 12th man to take on the Seattle Seahawks. 8-15 kickoff for that one on Prime Video. Seattle 7-6, the 49ers 
nine and four. Seattle, uh, San Francisco, three and a half point favorite. I am taking Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers to beat Seattle in the game. We have three games now on Saturday. Three A three-game Saturday slate looks like this. It'll start off at 1 o'clock on the NFL Network. As the Indianapolis Colts, who are 4-8-1, take on Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, who are 10-3 overall. Minnesota, a four-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings over the Indianapolis Colts. Baltimore travels to the lake to battle the Cleveland Browns. Baltimore 9-4, the Browns 5-8, 4-30 kick on the NFL Network. Cleveland a three-point favorite in the game. I am taking Cleveland <coughs> without Lamar Jackson, I think, and their Cleveland's good deep running defense. I think they could shut down J.K. Dobbins. I take Cleveland over the Baltimore Ravens and the Lake. The nightcap looks like this as Tua Tullavailoa and the Miami Dolphins travel up to Orchard Park to take on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills 10-3, Miami 8-5. This is a must-win for Miami, but Buffalo is a 7-point favorite in this game. I am taking Buffalo to beat Miami in the game on Saturday. The Sunday slate looks like this. We'll start with 1 o'clock kicks as the Eagles Travel to Soldier Field to take on Justin Les Fields and the Chicago Bears. The Eagles, a nine-point favorite in the game. I'm taking Philadelphia in that one. Atlanta travels to New Orleans to battle the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans, a four-point favorite in the game. I'm taking New Orleans to beat Atlanta. Carolina hosts the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams, five and eight overall. Carolina, three-point favorite in the game. I'm taking the Panthers to beat the Steelers in this game. Cowboys travel to Jacksonville to battle the Jaguars. It's probably going to be a Cowboy home game when it comes to it. Dallas, a four-point favorite in the game. Dallas, 10-3. The Jaguars, 5-8. I'm taking Dallas to beat the Jaguars. Kansas City travels to Houston to battle the Houston Texans. Texans, 1-11-1. Kansas City, 10-3. Kansas City, a 14-point favorite in this game. Kansas City, no doubt, in that game. Which then sets up the game in the Meadowlands. As it will be the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Taking on Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and the Detroit Lions. A game 1 o'clock kick on CBS. Jets a one and a half point favorite in this game. I'm taking the Lions to beat the Jets. The 4 o'clock slate looks like this as the arrow... Arizona Cardinal less Kyler Murray Cardinals take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Denver a three-point favorite in this game. I'm taking Denver in this game. <coughs> Excuse me. Taking Denver in this game. 405 kick on Fox as the Las Vegas Raiders, who are five and eight overall, take on Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. At 4.05 in Las Vegas. Vegas a one-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take Mac Jones and the New England Patriots to beat the Raiders. Tennessee travels to, to L.A. to battle the Chargers. 4.25 kick on CBS. The Chargers a three-point favorite in this game. I am taking the Chargers in the, excuse me, I'm taking the Chargers in this game. 
the final game on the Sunday afternoon slate. We'll see the Cincinnati Bengals, 9-4 overall, led by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, taking on Mike Evans and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers 6-7, the Bengals 9-4. Cincinnati a 3.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking the Bengals to beat Tom Brady and the and the former Patriots, now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which sets up the Sunday night football game as a rematch of two weeks ago where the Giants and the Commanders tied. This will be for all the marbles. It's the Giants, 7-5-1. The Commanders, 7-5-1. 8-20 kickoff from FedEx Field. Washington, a four-and-a-half point favorite. I am taking the Washington Commanders in that one, which sets up the Monday night football game as Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams travel up to the tundra that is Green Bay to Lambeau Field to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Packers a seven-point favorite in this game. I think that the the turnovers will be made by Baker. I'll take Green Bay in that one. So again, to recap Week 15's picks, I have San Francisco, Minnesota, Cleveland, Buffalo, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Carolina, Dallas, Kansas City, and Detroit. And then the 4 o'clock state, we'll see Arizona, I see Denver, New England, Chargers, Bengals, Washington being the Sunday night game, and Green Bay for the Monday night football game. Those are all my picks for this upcoming week. As you're listening to all Andy for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now let's hit the ice. It's time for the latest report. It's time for the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred for you guys tonight. Jackets have been playing some terrible hockey as of late. Absolutely terrible hockey as of late. And now we're going into this Florida road trip. And it's just been, you know, it's just absolutely terrible. It's absolutely dreadful, terrible. I mean, what is there to say? You know, you look at the wins that we've had since we've been on the air, since we've been off the air. Two wins. The win against Calgary on Friday and the win against L.A. But if you look back, we lose to Detroit last Sunday on the 6th. Uh, excuse me, the 4th of December. Go to Pittsburgh with the mom's trip and all. And what happens? What happens? They get one goal to start the game and Pittsburgh rolls out four unanswered. And then we get to what happened on December the 7th. Nationally televised game. Jackets are playing Buffalo. Buffalo team struggling. 
You know, they're on the rise in some aspects. They're, you know, not right there. They're, they're, they've got great pieces, great talent there. And what happens? It's a, part of my language, it was a fucking embarrassment. Absolute fucking embarrassment. When you allow six goals in the first period alone, Thompson had a hat trick in the first period alone. He had four goals. Four goals in the first period alone. And I don't care. I don't care if it's if it's players. It's all about coaching. It is all about coaching. No matter what the situation is, it's all about coaching. And to me, this was an absolute, an embarrassment, an absolute joke. To be that badly beaten by the Buffalo Sabres on national television, and I'll just say this. I will say this. I'm going to do it, uh, and I hate to do it. I, I, I wanted to give him a chance. I wanted to give him a break, but I called, I said it, I said it on Twitter after the game, after that embarrassment, I'm just surprised right now that Brad Larson still has a job. He should have been fired the next day. And I told Amanda, my wife, I told her, and she saw the score. She saw the score, and she told me what the hell. I was in total agreement. She and I were in total agreement. It's a part of my language, but it was a fucking embarrassment. This loss against Buffalo is not going to just be repercussions for when this team wants to make a playoff run, if they make a playoff run, and they will never make a playoff run with how bad they were. This shows an embarrassment to this organization, this coaching staff, the owners, and to us fans that how bad they performed against the Buffalo Sabres. And they didn't even, I mean, they tried. They tried in the second period, line A, Nyquist. But Thompson, again, his fifth of the game. Line A and Nyquist, but it was just not enough. It was 9-4 was the final. 9-4. Buffalo had six goals on 14 shots in the first period alone. That is that is an embarrassment. The Jackets had, you want to guess how many shots they had in the period? Five. 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 They tied in the second with 12 shots. And one in the third with only seven shots. But for the love of God, you laying out Corpy and Elvis versus Lincoln's to dry. Corpusalo. Six shots. Six out of nine. Save percentage, 0.667. Merslinka stopped 15 of 21 of the shots. Save percentage, 0.714. 
And don't give me the, oh, well, they had to play back-to-back nights. Buffalo. It's Buffalo. Nine goals on 30 shots. That's a fucking embarrassment. That is embarrassing. Then we get to Tuesday. They play Florida. Lose in Florida to start the road trip. They're in Tampa tonight. It, we're going to get destroyed. We go to Boston on Saturday. I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to be... I'm, we're going to still talk about the Jackets. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I have no hope and no faith that this team's going to make a playoffs. I have no hope and no faith right now. My confidence level with this team... I, I, I told you... I told you... I told you at the beginning of the season, I'm looking back at my notes here. Here, pull it up here. I write everything down. Write everything down. My NHL predictions here. Hold on. Here they are. I had Columbus going to the conference final. That ain't going to happen. So we play Tampa tonight. We'll probably lose the game to Tampa. And it's to be expected. You know, we go to Boston. That's a loss. We come back home, play Dallas. That's a loss. Play Philadelphia, possible win. Day, Day before Christmas Eve, we play in Chicago. That's a win. We come back after the Christmas break. And we play Buffalo. That's probably a loss. Go to the Isle to play the Islanders. That's probably a, that's definitely a loss. Come back on New Year's Eve to play the Chicago Blackhawks. That's possibly a win. Ottawa in Ottawa. That's a win. Play Washington at home. That's a definite loss. Carolina at home. Loss. Washington in Washington. Loss. Tampa. Loss. Carolina. Loss. In Detroit. 50-50. Rangers, loss. Nashville, loss. Anaheim, possible win. San Jose, possible win. And then we do the Western Canadian Seattle trip. Calgary, win probably. Edmonton, loss. Vancouver, rebuilding, loss. Seattle, yeah, 50-50. And then we end the month with Washington. We end the last game before the All-Star break with Washington. That uh, is, Larson has got to go. And don't give me the Barry Trots, the Jackets need to sign Barry Trots, and blah, 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 blah. Look, they need to go out and they need to find a coach that actually wants to coach these high-powered offense of kids. Plain and simple. And if he, if, if the team, if they decide to keep Larson, which they are going to probably keep Larson, then, then I just just say this. Be prepared that the end of the season that they let him go. Because this experiment has let, got us. Where has it got us? Has it got us shit? Three seasons, no playoff appearances. You don't count the 2020 season because we were in the bubble. 
We play in the playing game. Lost to Tampa. 2021, don't make the playoffs. 2022, don't make the playoffs. This year, definitely not going to make the playoffs. So the three-year experiment is done. I want Davidson to find, he's the president of hockey operations, find, start looking for a new coach. I would like Yarmo gone. Either you restructure Yarmo's playing and the situations that he runs, or you can them. But I mean, it, it's, it's just part of my language. It's just a fucking embarrassment. This team is an embarrassment. I usually wear my jacket jersey to walleye games and to and to and to different events and stuff like that. But let me just say this. Let me just say this. It's an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment. It is. Let's take a look at what's happening around the National Hockey League. Besides the Jackets. Our congratulations are in order to Alexander Ovechkin getting the 800th goal. A hat trick. A hat, real hat trick. In Chicago. And for me, I'm just waiting for him to get to 802, which is beating Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey, the second best scorer of all time. Of course, the best, Gretzky, plain and simple. But once we get once he gets to that, then I will get I can acknowledge it and then we can actually start watching the race. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, I love, I love Ovi. Glad he won it, a cup. But Trevor Moore signs a five-year deal with the Los Angeles Kings on Thursday. It's five years, twenty-one million dollars. It looks like the. NHL will host a free outdoor fan festival ahead of the Winter Classic in Boston. There's that for you guys. They're headed out to Boston to see the Bruins take on the Penguins. Games tonight on the docket. Besides the Jackets in Tampa, Toronto is in New York to battle the Rangers. Uh, uh, Winnipeg is hosting the Predators. Vegas is in Chicago to battle the Hawks. Sabres are in Colorado to battle the Avalanche. Oilers are in Home to play the Blues. Montreal is hosting Anaheim. Dallas is in the capital. So we'll see how if OV can get to 802 tonight. Boston is hosting the Kings. Flyers are in New Jersey to battle the Devils. Penguins are in Florida to battle the Panthers. And Hurricanes are battling the Kraken. Looking at the standings going into tonight's play. Boston top spot in the Atlantic Division. 23, 4, and 2 with 48 points. Toronto, 19, 6, and 6 with 44 points. Tampa, 19, 9, and 1 with 39 points. In the Metropolitan Division, it is the Devils at 21, 7, and 2 with 44 points. Carolina is in second at 17, 6, and 6 with 40 points. Pittsburgh, 18, 8, and 4 
with 40 points. The wild cards look like this. It's the Rangers at 16, 10, and 5 with 37 points. The Islanders at 17, 12, and 1 with 35 points. On the outside looking in are the Washington Capitals at 15, 13, and 4 with 34 points. Detroit 13, 10, and 6 with 32 points. The Florida Panthers are at 5th at 14, 13, and 4 with 32 points. Montreal 14, 14, and 2 with 30 points. Ottawa 13, 14, and 2 with 28 points. Buffalo 13, 14, and 2 with 28 points. The Flyers are 10, 14, and 7 with 27 points. And our Jackets are in dead last in the Metropolitan Division. We're not dead last in the league. We're fourth last. <coughs> Excuse me. At 10, 17, and 2 with 22 points. Our goal differential is a minus 38. That's embarrassing. When Boston's goal differential is a plus 48, that's that's embarrassing. Western Conference looks like this. Dallas is holding the top spot in the Central Division at 18, 8, and 5 with 41 points. Winnipeg, 18, 9, and 1 with 37 points. Minnesota, 16, 11, and 2 with 34 points. And the Pacific Division is led by the Vegas Golden Knights at 21, 9, and 1 with 43 points. The Golden, uh, the, uh, Golden Knights holding top on that. Uh, LA 16, 12, and 5 with 37 points. And the Seattle Kraken is 16, 10, and 3 with 35 points. So Seattle hanging in there in the Pacific Division. And the wild card is led by the Edmonton Oilers at 17, 13, and 0 with 34 points. Colorado 15, 10, and 2 with 32 points. Outside looking in are the Calgary Flames at 13, 11, and 6 with 32 points. Vancouver 13, 13, and 3 with 29 points. Nashville 12, 12, and 3 with 27 points. St. Louis 13, 15, and 1 with 27 points. San Jose is 10, 16, and 5 with 25 points. The Coyotes are 9, 14, and 4 with 22 points. Anaheim is 8, 20, and 3 with 19 points. And the Chicago Blackhawks are 7, 16, and 4 with 18 points. They are the worst team in the National Hockey League. So the Jackets are the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Chicago is the worst team in the Western Conference and the worst team overall. In the National Hockey League. Games, by the way, happening tomorrow. Friday, Chicago's in Minnesota to battle the Wild. St. Louis is in Calgary to battle the Flames. And the Islanders are in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. Like I said, next game for the Jackets will be Saturday. 1 o'clock puck drop in the Garden. As they'll take on the Bruins. Not looking forward to that. Washington will host Toronto. Winnipeg is in Vancouver. Detroit hosts Ottawa for an afternoon affair at the Slice. And then you have Vegas hosting the Islanders at 10 o'clock as well. Islanders, uh, Rangers, Flyers, that'll be a good game. Lightning, Canadiens, Florida is in New Jersey on Saturday. Arizona hosting Buffalo. Nashville is in Colorado. And San Jose is in L.A. So there is the National Hockey League. And that is the latest Jackets report right here. On all Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's take a look at the East Coast Hockey League and let's talk a little walleye and it's not looking the same as well. It's time for the latest walleye roundup. It's time to hit the pond.
It's time for the Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Alfred. And I'll just say it again. Young talent is... It, Dan Watson can't get the young talent. He really can't. He that's what my apologies. He can't get the he can't get the veteran leadership that he needs in this team. There's so many with how good Detroit is with injuries. Grand Rapids having injuries as well. You see more players go up and down, up and down all season. Hawkins leaving to go to Chicago to play with the Wolves. You have the rotation going on with the goaltending situation going on. Uh, Matt Melosic uh, gone. Now gone. Being released today. Or excuse me, yesterday. He was released. And, you know, the inconsistent play that this team has. The inconsistent play that this team has had. You know, we go back, you know... They had a win last this past Saturday against Indianapolis. Great win. They had a total of four power plays and capitalized on all four power plays. I felt bad for Kosa because Kosa had the opportunity to get the shutout and he couldn't do it. He got caught on a breakaway and the kid buried it past him. But the fish ended up winning at home. For maybe the first time. For the first time. At home this season. That I witnessed it. And then we get to the next night. On Sunday night. Fort Wayne comes to the Huntington Center. The fish were beaten. In this game. They were dead. They were dead to rights. In this game. They were down 3-0. With about 6 minutes to go in the third period. They were dead. The building was emptying out. People knew that they weren't going to come back. But they found resiliency. And they found a way to rally back. They found a way to rally back. And to honestly make it another game. Ending up tying the game. With about under a minute to play. Which is absolutely amazing. But then you get to overtime. And I've been, you know, I've been looking at the play, the Petrozelli play. Petrozelli goes in, gets bumped, goes into the goaltender, uh, Letman, falls into him. They both come out of the crease in, inside the goal. Then Petrozelli then gets the puck while, while Letman is already set. And he beats him, glove side, asks because of goaltender interference. There's no goaltender interference. Once the play play has happened, and they came out, once Letman went to set position, he was good to go. Now, if it was Petrozelli pushing into the net, and then he gets the puck and buries it after he pushed the goaltender, that is goaltender interference. That doesn't count the goal. But he set, went to set position, 
and it was a goal. And all that rally was for nothing. Absolutely nothing. The fish fall 4-3 to three in overtime. The rally meant nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I got to give credit to the East Coast Hockey League on one thing. The last two games at the Huntington Center have been a two-referee system. And I hope that the East Coast Hockey League stays with the two-referee system. Because it gets rid of the cheap penalties that take place. It gets rid of the the cheek that kept it becomes more of a fair hockey game. It really does. And I hope that the East Coast Hockey League implements it more. Now I know there's a uh, referee shortage going on right now in high school sports. I know it's happening in the professional level because a lot of referees are retiring. But you know what I like to see more? I like to see former players come out more and become officials. So they know what's happening. They know they already know what's happening on the ice. They know that half of what's happening. So why can't that happen? I commend I commend the East Coast Hockey League for doing that, and I hope they continue doing it. Now back to the fish. It's inconsistent play that's help, not helping the fish. They do have a long road trip with Disney on ice being at the Huntington Center. Killed the ice. Absolutely killed the ice. So the fish are now on the road. For about a week and a half. They'll come back on the 23rd. And play. But they are in Norfolk for three games. And they got a big win last night. 5-2 to two over the Norfolk Admirals. In the Scope Arena. Now if you're a wrestling fan like I am. You know what the Norfolk Scope is. That's the day that. D-Generation X invaded WCW in the Norfolk Scope. Looking at the scoring sheet, Ebbing starting it all off for the sixth of the season from Barrow and Albert. You had Hawkins with his sixth, Frazier with his second, and Mitchell Hurd with the empty netter to seal it at 5-2. Costa, 18 for 20, save percentage of point nine two five. Great to see. Great to see Costa doing well. This kid's a young kid, drafted by the Red Wings. You know, and he's solid. He's absolutely solid. So, but I want to get into what this team is. The identity of this team. Really quickly. Let's look at the standings, and then then I'm going to show you, I'm going to talk to you about what the stats look like for these players. Central Division looks like this. Indy is in the top spot. At 16-16, one 1-0 with 33 points. The Cyclones of Cincinnati are 13-3, 2-2 with 30 points. Wheeling is 11-11-0-0 with 22 points. Toledo, 9-10-2-1 with 21 points. They have played 22 hockey games so far. They are not in double digits in wins yet. Kalamazoo, 21 games played, 10-10-1-0 with 21 points. Fort Wayne, 20 games played. They're 7-8-3-2 with 19 points. Iowa, 5-9-6-1 with 17 points. Mountain Division sees Idaho in the top spot at 18-3-0-1 with 37 points. Rapid City, 13-10-0-0 with 26 points. Uh, Wichita, 12-8-2-0 with 26 points. The Kansas City Mavericks are 9-6-3-0 with 21 points. Tulsa is 7-8-5-0 with 19 points. Utah, 
9, 12, 0, and 0, and 18 points. And the Allen Americans are 6, 13, 1, and 0, with 13 points. If you look at the Eastern Conference, the defending champions are in the top spot in the South at 14, 2, 14, 4, 2, and 1, with 31 points. South Carolina, 13, 5, 1, and 1, with 28 points. It is then Atlanta at 13-7-1-0 with 27 points. Greenville, 11-6-5-0 with 27 points. The Icemen are 12-9-0-0 with 24 points. Savannah is 9-9-3-0 with 21 points. And Orlando is 6-11-4-1 with 17 points. North Division sees the Newfoundland Growlers in the top spot at 17-5-1-0 with 35 points. Worcester is 16-7-1-0 with 33 points. Reading 13 6 1 and 0 with 27 points. The Lions of Trivosa are 11 9 1 and 0 with 23 points. The Maine Mariners 10 10 1 and 0 with 21 points. Adirondack 5 11 3 and 1 with 14 points. And the Norfolk Admirals, the worst team in the East Coast Hockey League, at 4 19 1 and 0 with only 9 points this season. So there's that. Now we get to the stats. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to go over this whole stat situation. Okay. For Toledo. This season. We're going to look at the plus-minus situation, okay? There is a total of four players that have are in the plus region. I'm not counting zero as a plus or minus. Kirk Goslin has three goals, no assists, three points, one, a plus one. Colin Keenan, one goal, five points, four assists, one plus one. Nardine, rookie, two goals, 15 assists, 17 points. He's a plus one. Trenton Bliss is the top spot. He's only played seven games with the Fish. He's a rookie, two goals, two assists, four points. He is a plus two. Now we get to the worst of the worst. Thomas Ebbing, six goals, five assists. He's got 11 points, but he's a minus 10 on the ice. Ryan Lowney, two goals, eight assists, 10 points, minus eight. Brett Bowling, four, one goal, four assists, five points, minus seven. Brandon Hawkins, back with the fish now, six goals, 10 assists, 16 points. He is a minus 5. Mitchell Hurd. 22 games played. 5 goals. 8 assists. 13 points. Minus 2. Even my guy, Gordy Meyer. 22 games played. 4 goals. 5 assists. 9 points. Minus 1. The captain, John Albert. 5 goals. 6 assists. 11 points. Minus 1. Unacceptable right now. Cole Frazier, two goals, five assists, five five points, three assists, no, he's a zero. And then the savior that everybody says, oh, he's going to come and help this team out tremendously. Simone Denny, zero goals, five assists, he's a zero. These guys have got to be better. Absolutely have got to be better. Got to be better. 
Fish are back on the ice. Tomorrow night in the scope. 7-15 puck drop. Newfoundland's in Adirondack. Greenville is in Atlanta. Savannah goes on the road to play Orlando. The Lions face the Royals. Wheeling hosts the Indy Fuel. Fort Wayne is in Cincinnati. Wichita is in Allen. Kalamazoo is in Iowa. Tulsa is in Jacksonville. Rapid City is in Idaho. The battle, the Steelheads this weekend. The Fish will return home the 23rd of December. Remember that, folks. 23rd of December. The Friday before Christmas Eve. They'll take on the Wheeling Nailers for a 7-15 puck drop. Yours truly will be there for that game. 7-15 puck drop for that one. No games on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. The next slate of games, the Fish will be back on the ice on the 27th of December. That's a Tuesday night. It is a huge game. Get your tickets for this one. It is a rematch of the 2019 Kelly Cup Final as the Newfoundland Growlers come to the Huntington Center for the first time since the Kelly Cup Final. Come to the game. Come to the pond. Come to the bank tank. My cat Riesel right here says, come to the tank. See the fish. By the way, on a side note, tomorrow night the Bowling Green State University Falcon hockey team will welcome in the Ohio State University hockey team for a home-and-home against each other. I will be there tomorrow night in attendance for the game. If you're going to be down there, stop by, say, hey, you know where I'll be at. I'll be in the general admissions section. You know where I sit. So come over and say hello. As you, That is the walleye roundup for you guys tonight right here on the all, on all Andy Alford, right here on the Anchor Network. And that is with either iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Weaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll talk some other sports as well as an Andy Rants. Time to talk some other sports right here on All Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. Of course, let's the big semifinal between uh, Argentina and Croatia took place, and the Argentinians blanking Croatia 3 nothing in straight sets. They get to the World Cup final. They will battle France, who beats the Cinderella story in Morocco 2 0. And so the third place game will take place on Saturday at 10 a.m. on Fox as Croatia will battle Morocco. The final will be on Sunday, 10 a.m. kick as Argentina with Lionel Messi will try to win the World Cup. 10 a.m. kickoff for that one on Fox. So looking forward to the end of the World Cup, of course. Uh, dive, I want to dive in also into some NCAA basketball really quickly for you guys. Of course, uh, the Mid-American Conference in full swing of things. Last, yesterday, Bowling Green took on Norfolk State and lost 81-75 in, at Norfolk State. They'll get back onto the hard court on Saturday, 2 o'clock tip, as they'll take on UT Martin. Bowling Green 4-6 and six overall. Toledo will battle Marshall in Marshall. They played on Sunday, last game before the final, before the uh, 
excuse me, on Saturday, they battled Kinesis with a 69-68 win. And the game's theirs, by the way. Uh, Bowling Green played Hampton on Sunday and won 86-72 in that affair. Northern Illinois, actually, on Monday the 12th, went out to Gonzaga, 15-ranked Gonzaga, and got beat by the Zags, 88-67. Other games uh, tomorrow in the Mid-American Conference, on Saturday in the Mid-American Conference for tips. Sensen is at Ohio. Ball State is in Illinois State in the Indy Classic. Northern Illinois is at VCU, and Miami, Ohio is at Belmere. Sunday's slate will have Central Michigan and Missouri State. Buffalo is at West Virginia. Concord's at Kent State. Detroit Mercy is at Eastern Michigan, and Western Michigan is at Iowa State. Top 25 slate, Wisconsin will play Lehigh today. That game getting ready to tip off in about an hour or so from right now. Uh, slated games for tomorrow, Friday. Uh, let's see here. Excuse me, the rankings so far for the season. Purdue is number one. Virginia is at two. Connecticut three. Alabama four. Houston is at five. Tennessee six. Texas at Southern. Texas is seven. Kansas is eight. Arizona nine. Arkansas is at ten. Duke is at twelve. Kentucky is at thirteen. Illinois is at Indiana is at fourteen. Gonzaga fifteen. UCLA is sixteen. Mississippi State seventeenth. Indiana Illinois is at eighteen. Auburn nineteenth. Maryland is twentieth. TCU 21st, Wisconsin 22nd, Ohio State 23rd, Virginia Tech 24th, and Miami is 25th ranked in the country. So there is that for you guys. There's some NCAA basketball, of course. Wanted to dive into uh, one other subject, of course, which is golf, the big Tournament for the father and sons are playing against with each other. Uh, Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, Nellie Cordes' father, as well as John Daly and John Daly Jr. will be playing in the big golf tournament, which is the Century, uh, not, excuse me, not the Century Championship. It is the uh, FedEx Challenge Cup, which will take place this upcoming weekend. It's a 36-hole match. Which will excuse me, it's a, a 64 hole match. We'll start tomorrow, play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in beautiful Florida. So there's that for you guys. And uh, yeah, some other news, of course. Dive into some wrestling really quickly, of course. The big news, of course, is that uh, AEW having a breakout performance last night in Winter is Coming as Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, defeated the. The kid, Ricky Starks, <coughs> in a match in almost Ricky's hometown. And he did pretty well. Did pretty well. The surprise also was last night, uh, Chris Jericho losing to an AEW rookie. That was a surprise. And we also we also found out that uh, the Elite is now up. Uh, the Death Triangle is up. 3-1 in the series to the Elite. It will be a no-disqualification match in Week 5, in, in Match 5 of the seven, Best of 7 Tournament for the Trios Championship. Uh, uh, WWE-wise, of course, the big news, of course, Matt Riddle has been pulled from television. 
He failed a drug test. They're not testing weed, so he's got to be on something else. So he's off television for a while. Also, you have the... Uh, you also have Roman Reigns continuing his dominance. Now we don't. Now we need to know who he's going to be facing coming up at Royal Rumble. That's going to be an interesting match too. Uh, I I love the whole Sami Zayn situation. Also, I got to give credit to Roxanne Perez in NXT. Congratulations to her defeating Mandy Rose, and then Mandy Rose being released by WWE. That's a little bit of a shock to me. Also, uh, William Regal who was with AEW for a period of time in the Blackpool Combat Club, is now signed with WWE to come back. So that's going to be good to see. That will be very interesting to see. By the way, Major League Baseball. i got to pay attention to Major League Baseball for you guys. Really, really quickly. News and notes found that, by the way. Uh, Alex, uh, of course, the big one, of course, is the whole... Can't believe it, too. By the way, Noah Syndergaard has signed to the Dodgers for a one-year deal. That's a surprise. Uh, Michael Lorenz is now signed with the Detroit Tigers on a one-year deal. The big one, of course, is Carlos Correa signing a 13-year contract worth over $350 million. Unbelievable with that. Uh, Rondon has gone to the Yankees for six years, 162 Million dollars. Unbelievable on that deal right there. Big deals all around, of course. Big deals all around. Unbelievable. The Brewers have acquired, by the way, Owen Miller from the Guardians. So the Guardians' best player, one of the best players, has been moved for a player to be named later and cash. There's that for you. Baseball is right around the corner. Can't wait for that. As you are listening to All Andy for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show. And now we've come to the end of the program tonight. It's now time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And I want to say again, thank you for tuning into our show tonight. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts. Each week right here on the Anchor Network. Another news and notes to pass along to you, of course. I forgot to mention this in the housekeeping. There is a possibility. After the first year, we will do our regular podcast, which will be on a Tuesday or on Thursday. And a possibility of doing just a Facebook live show every Friday night. The strong possibility that could happen. And uh, we want your feedback on that. You follow us on our Twitter account. So should we do our more Facebook Live shows on Fridays to get you ready for the sports weekend that is to come, bearing if the Wally aren't playing or the Jackets aren't playing, would you want to see that? So there's that for you guys tonight. So uh, we have come to this time of the year, my friends. It is the holiday season. And... Whether it be being with the ones you love, your family, the ones you love, the one your your friends, and everybody that you care about, always remember to take time for your mental health. <coughs> Respect one another. 
no matter what the situation is. And remember, do not take it out on employees in stores, whether or not they have product or not. They're just trying to do their job to do the right thing. So don't take out your frustrations of of a product is not in, a product is too expensive, mispriced. Don't take it out on them. They're just doing their job. They're doing the best they can to get through the holidays. To get to be with like what you will be with your loved ones this holiday season. And <coughs> excuse me. As I say it best, we're all pulling for one another. We're all in this together, which is the game of life. So we have to be better humans, especially during this holiday season, because it'd be stressful. It is absolutely stressful when it comes to that. And we have to be better. We absolutely have to be better. So take a deep breath, relax, and remember, there's another person who has feelings on the other end of you yelling, being stressful, stressing them out. (coughs) And I ask the question every year. What does the holidays mean? You know, the real reason for this season is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know Christmas means a lot to different people. But it means a lot to me, especially now this year as I'm going through RCIA classes. Learning about the Catholic, more about the Catholic faith. Learning more about my teaching. Learning more from my teachings. And being there for every moment. Absolutely being there for every moment and learning about the Catholic faith. You know, I incorporate prayer now in my dinners. I incorporate more prayer before I go to sleep. You know, I learned that you actually don't have to pray just to Mary or Joseph. We could pray to a saint in my class, which is absolutely amazing. Never would have known that if I didn't go to class. So I got to give credit to Sydney as well as to Father Kid over at St. Joseph's Parish in downtown Toledo. Best mass to go to in the city. St. Joseph's Mass. My favorite is, of course, I've always been, ever since I've been a little pup, little pup, going to 4.30 Mass, 4 o'clock Mass, every Saturday. Even during the college football season, I would try to get to Mass. And I always go with my dad. If you get a chance, St. Joseph's, downtown Toledo, uh, on Locust Street, go to him. Go to the Mass. Beautiful church. Absolutely beautiful church. The holidays mean a lot to me. With family, friends, and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, remember, Jesus is truly the reason for this season. And that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elford tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network. We will be back on the air on Thursday. To talk about week 15 in the National Football League. Dive into some of the bowl games. Talk about the Jackets. Talk about the Walleye. I rolled my eyes for both teams. 
and to get you ready for a beautiful Christmas season. Until then, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets, even though we stink this year. Go all I get the job done in Norfolk and come on back. Go Falcons. Go Falcon hockey team. Let's get a even let's get a win at Mer, at the Madhouse. And maybe even a split or a sweep. Keep your fingers crossed. Go Falcon football team. Get the job done up in Detroit. Go State. Ohio State. And go Lions. And go Browns. And nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody, and a great week ahead. And I'll talk to you on Thursday for another edition of All Andy Alford. I love you, babe. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.